The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ready? See if you can identify these five clips in the order that they are played. It could be from a song, a movie, a TV show, or something else. But if it's coming from this podcast, then you know that it's from Generation X. Listen closely. Good luck. Hey, you got chocolate on my peanut butter. You got peanut butter on my chocolate. You idiots! If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. Then a kid took the fish out of his mouth and looked at his brother and said, Goonie Google. Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I am Zabe, your host, and today we have two awesome contestants ready to compete for ultimate slacker prizes, and in the process, do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with the contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us, saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy that you've chosen to join us, and I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's start the show. I am very excited to welcome two first-time guests to the show as we share our memories of life growing up during Generation X. There's something here for everyone, I hope. But if you enjoy reminiscing about Saved by the Bell, The Goonies, Dirty Dancing, and Gen X music and the people who make it, then this episode is one you might especially like. Especially like. We're going to save the pop culture nostalgia of Generation X from being forgotten today with these two Gen Xers who are longtime friends as they share their memories of life growing up during Generation X. Let's give a quick hello to them each right now. First, let's welcome to the show first-time guest Gen Xer who informed the judges that she once got locked outside of her house and had to pick the lock with a peachy folder like she was MacGyver. Please welcome to the show, Addie. Hi, Addie. Hey, how's it going? I'm a Gen Xer who totally expects Melissa to crush me in this the <laughs> way that Andy crushed Ducky when he realized she was going on a date with Blaine. Blaine? Oh, that's a major appliance. That's not a name. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> Let's hope she's a little bit more merciful. He cares about Never. your feelings a little bit more. <laughs> Good heavens. Well, thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you. Let's also welcome to the show Addie's friend. A Gen X musician who composes, performs, and produces all of her own original music under the band name of Feminoise. She has a new album available for streaming called Karma Conspiracy that comes out on February 16th. What a coincidence that this episode will come out on the exact same day. That's so weird. What are the odds? That is awesome. <laughs> Please welcome the entire band of Feminoise, Melissa. Thanks for being here, Melissa. We are all here. The whole band is me. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I am super excited. I love to talk about the 80s. 
and I'm going to enjoy crushing Addie. It'll be super fun. <laughs> Everyone wins. <laughs> this is a win-win-win. <laughs> Listeners, I got some full disclosure here. I am a big fan of Melissa's music, and I can't wait to hear the new album, Karma Conspiracy. I'm hoping that when our listeners are done listening to this episode, that they will head over to feminoise.bandcamp.com. That's F-E-M-I-N-O-I-S-E at bandcamp.com and give your music a listen. However, you know, I'm a little bit nervous here. They say you never should meet your musical heroes because it can lead to disappointment. <laughs> now, I'm super awesome. You do not have to worry. You will not be disappointed. It's true. It's true. Well, it's, I can vouch. 30 years of friendship, I can vouch. <laughs> well, fear of that disappointment is the main reason why I've never tried to meet Morrissey. But I can oh, say it's been, <laughs> it's been a delight getting to know you so far and preparing for this episode. <laughs> The judges and I are honored to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. <laughs> but before we start the show, let's give a quick overview of how we play the game. The show is broken up into three rounds of trivia and games. Whoever has the most points at the end of round three will win a chance at today's Rad Slacker Prize. The power struggle. In the opening of the episode, you heard five quick clips from Generation X. The game is called The Power Struggle. And in this game, you need to name those five clips in the order that they are played. At any time during the episode, contestants can interrupt the game and declare that they want to solve the power struggle question. They only get one chance to answer it correctly, and if they are correct, then they instantly steal the power away from their opponent. And as an added wrinkle to the game, if you solve the power struggle in this episode, you'll be awarded a whopping 20 bonus points to your score. We'll play the clip a couple of times during the episode, so listen close and see if you can solve the power struggle. We're going to jump right into round one now and get the games rolling. Round one. We're going to switch things up from the regular format for this episode and play a different game for round one tonight. Instead of playing the Facts of Life game, we're going to open up with a brand new game that we debuted on Rice and Outshine Podcast Showcase a while back. The game is that I have a list of fill-in-the-blank statements that I'll read to you, and you'll have 69 seconds to give as many correct answers as you can within the time limit. We call this game, What the Blank? What the fuck? Blank. <laughs> We use this as a lightning round on the podcast showcase, but here we think it might be fun to try a head-to-head -head version of the game. You'll score one point for each correct answer. If you get stuck, say pass. We'll come back to you if there's enough time. Each list has a theme and a total of 10 fill-in-the-blank statements. For each unanswered fill-in-the-blank, your opponent will get a chance to answer them and steal whatever points are remaining at the end of your turn. So you don't want to leave any off the board here. Try and get a clean sweep. The winner of round one will be awarded the power. The power which allows the player who has it make all the choices first in the game and wins all ties for as long as they control the power. We played a winner-take-all cutthroat round of the board game Wonderland backstage to see who goes first, and Addie got stuck in the molasses swamp, so that gives the victory to <laughs> Melissa. Mel, you get it start. Wait, did I say Wonderland? I'm sorry. You did. I did. I'm sorry. I meant the molasses swamp at the board game Candyland. Wonderland <laughs> is the name of my favorite song off the Nostalgia Issue album by Feminoise, available for only five bucks <laughs> at the website feminoise.bandcamp.com. That's F E M I N O I S E at bandcamp.com. What a total natural mistake I just made, and in no way an <laughs> intentional plug for my guest music. <laughs> Although I do highly recommend our listeners go check out and support one another. <laughs> what a, an embarrassing goof I just made. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. Melissa, you get to start us off with What the Blank by picking up one of the two themes available to you. Whichever one you don't pick will go to your opponent, so choose carefully. The categories are, sometimes the clothes do not make the man, or will you pick, 
Step one, we can have lots of fun. Oh, man, those are two really, really great categories. I got to go with sometimes the clothes do not make the man. (laughs) So the category, sometimes the clothes do not make the man. All the following 10 fill in the blanks will be song titles from George Michael or Wham. Okay. Let's put 69 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Careless blank. Whisper. Blank Christmas. Last. Blank me up before you go-go. Wake. Freedom blank. 90. Jesus to a blank. Child. Everything she blanks. Once. Blank figure. Father. Heal the blank. Pain. One more blank. Try. I want your blank. Sex. (laughs) That's all of them. All 10. Well done. 10 for 10. (laughs) I bet you're getting new kids, dude. But I know songs. I don't know the titles very well. I bet you do. Like, oh, I could sing the chorus for you. (laughs) I only have to get all of them right. (laughs) No pressure. Okay, Addie, this means this one's for you. Step one, we can have lots of fun. The following 10 fill-in-the-blank statements will all be song titles by Engelbert Humperdinck. Fail. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The judges are telling me that these are all song titles from New Kids on the Block. We were going to title this list, Nobody Had a Crush on Danny, but my wife vetoed that title. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, poor Danny. We both had a crushes on Jordan <laughs> and his rat tail. <laughs> so did my wife. <laughs> so did everyone. Yeah. That's why no one had a crush on Danny, right? Yeah. <laughs> Listen up. I'm going to start the timer. Let's see if you can do this. Hang in blank. Tough. Please don't go blank. Girl. This one's for the blank. The world. I can't remember. Didn't I blank your mind? Blow. <laughs> step, blank, step. Bye. You got it. The blank stuff. Right. Valentine blank. I don't know. Girl. <laughs> what? Did you say girl? Yeah. I want to be blanked by you. Loved. <laughs> Blank girl. Uh, you can say pass. Pass. I'll be blanking you forever. Loving. Let's go to the one that you passed on. Blank girl. Oh, sorry. We're out of time. <laughs> That's all right. I did better than I thought I would. <laughs> Eight out of 10 is really strong. You've only missed two. Melissa, you get these two to try and answer. This one's for the blank. Children. Correct. And blank girl. Cover girl. Oh, oh she's my cover. That was a Donnie song. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, can we get a scoring update after round one? Absolutely. After round one, Melissa has... 12 points, and Addie has eight. Melissa, you have the most points after round one, and that means you have the power. The power is yours. 
Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. The judges are the gatekeepers of all things Gen X here on the show. And to that end, they are requesting to know from our contestants about their Gen X credentials. That is, apart from being born between 1965 and 1980, what qualifies you to claim yourself as part of Generation X and what might potentially disqualify you from being Gen X? Welcome to the show, Addie. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Please include your Gen X qualifiers and potential disqualifiers. All right, Zabe. My name is Addie. I'm an LPC or a licensed counselor in the Richardson Plano area of North Texas. What qualifies me as a Gen Xer is I think I've seen every John Hughes film ever made. My first movie at an indoor theater was E.T. At one time, I knew every word to Push It, Regulators, <laughs> and Every Day Be Gibson song. In high school, my friends used to ask me to do the running the Roger Rabbit, and the Kid and Play just for entertainment. My disqualifiers are that my family didn't have a lot of money, which meant no cable. So didn't watch MTV or Nickelodeon growing up. Never had a swatch watch or guest jeans. And I had to borrow the few Sweet Valley High books I read from friends. My parents were also pretty strict. So watching anything rated R usually only happened at Melissa's house. (laughs) (laughs) Good to have that one friend that has cable and all the uh, the movie channels so you can go and break rules over their house. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. (laughs) Also, welcome to the show, Melissa. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. All right. My name is Melissa. Uh, I make my money, all of it, as a public school teacher. (laughs) So that is what I do for work. What I like to do is make music in my band, Feminoids. That's my favorite thing. I am Gen X because like all good Gen Xers, I was raised by the TV. So the TV told me what time it was. I knew when to go to bed because of what was on TV. I knew when it was time to eat because of what was on TV. I knew what was cool because of what was on TV. (laughs) And my disqualifier is that I am a 100% total Swifty. I love Taylor. (laughs) Love her. (laughs) So just real quick, just because I want to know personally, can you speak a little bit about the origins of starting your music? Because it's not very often, you know, women of a certain age gets into writing and producing and sharing music with the world. How, How did that start? Sure. Well, I mean, originally it started when I was in college. And we happened to live next door door to some guys that played instruments. And I kind of just fell into it and became a part of a band. And that's how it started. And I did that for years until, you know, I had kids. And then it kind of faded away. And then 2020, there's the lockdown. And I'm home alone for, not alone, I've got the children. But I'm home for an extended period of time. So I decided to see if I could still do it. And, you know, I've got this neat little device in my hand that has a whole recording studio on it. So I thought I would see if I could figure out how it worked and if I knew how to write a song. And I picked it up and couldn't believe that I'd gone for all those years without actually doing it. I can't imagine not doing it now. Are you telling me you recorded your first album on a phone? Yeah, the very first one that is Strawberry Jam Box. I literally recorded it with earbuds, my phone, and an acoustic guitar. And that that was it. And so every other sound that you hear was garage band changing the guitar into a different tone or whatever. And I used my phone's microphone the whole bit. Yeah, that, so that first record was 100% from a phone. Holy yeah. cow. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, are, sorry, real quick, this may not make the podcast, but... All the drums are, you're not playing the drums on these? No, I am not the drummer. That is like drum loops, but okay. everything else is me. 
and it is an electric guitar now. It's not just me and my acoustic. And I actually have all because after after I made the first record, I was like, okay, I do want to keep doing this, and I I like it. So then I started piecing together my stuff. So now I have legitimate equipment, <laughs> except except for drums. And I'm just gonna let the drum machine do that because it's very efficient and good at that. <laughs> well, all your music's very uh, guitar driven, and yes. uh, it's amazing to hear that it was just you and an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Uh, get that end product. That's really impressive. It's more impressive than I thought it was going to be. Most impressive. Right. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> well, welcome. And we're thankful to have you here. Judges, do these contestants have the proper credentials to be on the podcast? Well done. You guys can stay. <laughs> yes. <Yay>. All right. <laughs> Before we start round two, let's take another listen to The Power Struggle. Hey, you got chocolate on my peanut butter. You got peanut butter on my chocolate. You idiots. If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. Then a kid took the fish out of his mouth and looked at his brother and said, Goonie Google. Round two. Round two is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, I'll ask a total of eight questions, four to each of our contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer, two points for a complete correct answer, and one pity point for a partial correct answer if they can convince the judges for it. Players take turns answering questions with a chance to steal. If their opponent answers incorrectly, the steal is worth one point. But more importantly, a steal takes the power away from their opponent. The judges require that all questions must be given an answer, no matter how incorrect they may be. So if you say some form of I don't know here on the show, you will lose a point and get slimed. Yes. <laughs> See, let me explain that joke to you, Addy, because you didn't have Nickelodeon growing up. <laughs> There's a show called You Can't Do That on Television. And they said, I don't know on the show, then green slime would come from the ceiling. So, oh, uh oh, I better be prepared. <laughs> Whoever has the most points at the end of round two will take a secret trip to the prize vault and choose the prize that the two of you will be playing for in this episode. Melissa, you have the power. You get a pick between these two questions. Will it be? Do you ever wish you were a lesbian, which is a movie mm. question, or will it be, oh, oh. you are my greatest invention, which is also a movie question. Oh, I'm going to go with, do you ever wish you were a lesbian? Okay. With the story and script by Helen Childress and the final casting choices largely being driven by star Wyona Ryder, Reality Bites is a rare thing. A truly mm. female-driven Gen X movie. <laughs> but don't get too excited. It was still directed by a man. <laughs> in his feature directorial debut which star of reality bites also directed the movie this is a multiple choice is it a ethan hawk b steve zahn c ben stiller d john mahoney or is it e eugene tackleberry it is ben stiller ben stiller is Correct. Well done. That's two points for you. All right. We quote them often. <laughs> French cut, V-neck, ribs, <laughs> what, what have, have you. you. <laughs> According to the film's writer, the title Reality Bites wasn't meant to mean real life sucks, but instead it was a play on the term sound bites. Childress kept hearing the term in the news, which made her think of Lelena's recorded vignettes of her and her friends as little bites of reality. Parents got divorced when I was uh, five years old, and I saw my father about three times a year after that. And when he found out that he had cancer, he decided to, to bring me here, and he gives me this big pink seashell. And he says to me, son, the answers are all inside of this, and I'm all like, what? But then I realized, I realized that 
the shell's empty. There's no point to any of this. It's all just a, a random lottery of meaningless tragedy and a series of near escapes. However, in a related story, real life does indeed suck. <laughs> Addy, this question's for you. It's called You Are My Greatest Invention. Is a movie question. The Goonies is a Gen X classic. I mean, what kid doesn't dream about going hunting for a pirate's treasure with their best friends in order to save their homes from foreclosure, right? <laughs> in an underground cave. Yeah. With the Tortellis. That's the Tortellis, right? Yeah, that's the Tortellis. <laughs> yeah. And kissing Brand in a cave. Oh, that's probably yeah, most probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were too. Yeah. In the Goonies, all the main characters have nicknames that they are largely referred to throughout the movie. Can you tell us the nickname for Richard Wang? This is a multiple choice as well. Is it A, Data? B, yes. Gad? Man, let me see all my things. I'm going to joke at the end. Come on. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> is it A, Data? B, Gadget? C, Techno? D, Short Round? Or is it E, was Richard Wang also known as Dick Wang? <laughs> <laughs> See, aren't data. you glad you waited for that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, A, data. Data, of course, is correct. Well done. <laughs> do you remember that Cindy Lauper did a song for the movie titled The Goonies Are Good Enough? Yes. The music, yeah. The music <laughs> video was 12 minutes long and included cameos from Steven Spielberg and most of the cast, and for some unknown reason, a bunch of WWF wrestlers. I'll never understand why the Iron Sheik, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Captain Lou Albano is in this music video. It makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> it's bonkers. Melissa, you still have the power. You get to pick between these two questions. Will it be one of these things is not like the other? Spoiler, it's Screech. <laughs> or will it be nobody puts baby in a corner? And this is our do I feel lucky question. This category means that the question about to be asked is either impossibly hard and eccentric or just super easy. Your destiny is in your own hands, depending on how lucky you feel. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? So, Melissa, are you going to pass on the do I feel lucky question to Addie, thinking it's going to be some weird nuanced question that the judges dreamed up? Or are you going to keep it for yourself in hopes it's something easy like who played Johnny Castle in Dirty Dancing? What's it going to be? I'm going to go for it. I'm feeling You're lucky. You're feeling Let's lucky. Go. Let's go. All right. Punk. Uh, I would never call Morrissey a punk. I guess we got a little, I'm, I'm more comfortable with you than I would be with Morrissey. So it's okay. Morrissey wouldn't have shown up. Wow. <laughs> You'll get nothing and like it. Okay, Melissa. You will have only three seconds to answer this one when I'm done asking the question or else I'll be forced to give you more time to answer. <laughs> the do I feel lucky question this episode is simply what was the year that Dirty Dancing was set in? That was it was the summer that she went to Kellerman's. <laughs> it was the year it was 1960. Oh man. And I never thought I'd find a guy as great as my dad. <sighs> never referred to me as baby and it didn't, didn't occur, occur to me to mind. <laughs> it was the year 19 60, I'm going to go with 1969. 69, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Oh, that was cruel. I know. 60- well, you opened the door for me to play a sound bit, and I just can't resist it. <laughs> oh, it's just impossible. Man. 
I'm sorry, you picked incorrectly. You felt lucky. Punk. You got really close. You can steal this, Addy, and steal the power as well if you can get it. You know it's not 1969. You got a one in eight chance here. Or sorry, one in nine chance, I guess. <laughs> is it 1961? 1961 is also incorrect. Oh. <laughs> Let's reveal the correct answer. That was the summer of 1963 when everybody called me baby and it didn't occur to me to mind. That's okay. So that's no points on that one for you, Melissa. Addie, this question's for you. It's called, one of these things is not like the other. Spoiler, it's Screech. Pioneering television for teens, Saved by the Bell was the champion of the after-school special. Plus, it starred actual teens. I'm looking at you, Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> one cast member differed quite a bit when it came to their age. How old was Dustin Diamond when he was cast as Screech? This 21. is this is a multiple choice. Or oh, you can sorry. Go out and just say twenty-one. You want to say twenty-one? So I'll listen to you the multiple. You're welcome to it. Yeah. All right, it's a smart move. Was it A? Screech was ten. B twelve. C seventeen. Or D was he sixty-nine? Sixty-nine, dudes. <laughs> it's the rare double sixty-nine in the same uh, second. Well, that was way off. Let's go with. <laughs> B, 12. So you're going down from 21 to 12? <laughs> Just switch it up. <laughs> Dyslexia is saving your butt right now. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that bad for me to say does the dyslexia part? Should I cut that part out? I think it's okay. I think Does it's that fine. mean? Was that cruel? Okay. I don't want to be mean to anyone. RIP, Screech. Yeah. That's the correct answer. That's two points for you, Addie. Well done. Ooh. The rest of the cast was around 15 years old when the show started, and Diamond was the only one still high school aged by the series' end. Mm. By comparison, the youngest of the main casts at the start of Beverly Hills 90210 was 17 at the start of the show. The oldest was almost 30. Was Tori Spelling? It was Tori Spelling, yeah. And the oldest uh, was Andrea Zuckerman. <laughs> Robin, can you please give us a scoring update? Absolutely. Where we are in the round, it's quite close. We still have a leader, though. Melissa has 14 points. Addie is just behind with 12. Ooh. Nice. Woo. Only two points separate you. Anything can still happen. Don't like it. <laughs> I'm on your tail. <laughs> Melissa, you get to pick between these two questions because you have the power. Which one will you pick? Every time he pulls me near, I just want to cheer, which is a movie question. Or will it be cinema sound check, which is a head-to-head -head challenge? Oh, we're going head-to-head. -head. For this question, I will give you the title tracks of the musical score of a popular movie from Generation X, and you will need to tell me the title of the movie that it's from. Movie scores are usually instrumentals with obscure titles, but that should give you the hints that you need to name the movie. We will go back and forth between each player who will give me a new movie title with each turn. Points will be awarded to that player that gets it correct on their turn. There are eight track titles on the list, and the number of points you will receive with the correct answer will match the number of songs revealed. So, for example, if you get the movie title correct on song three, you will get three points. On song four, four points, and so forth, all the way up to as many as eight points on the final track. So you'll need to think of your strategy on when you want to answer it correctly and score as many points as possible without allowing your opponent to get it before you do. Melissa, you get to go first. Track number one was called Anything Goes. What movie is that from, Melissa? I don't get to hear it. Nope. <laughs> These are just the song song titles. We're, we're divining clues here. Oh, any which way but loose. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Addie, the song's for you. Song two is called Fast Streets of Shanghai. Uh, Gremlins. 
Gremlins is incorrect. I don't remember Gremlins taking place in Shanghai, but I could be wrong. Chinatown. I was thinking of Chinatown, yeah. So back to you, Melissa. Song three is called Bug Tunnel and Death Trap. So we have Bug Tunnel and Death Trap, Fast Streets of Shanghai, and Anything Goes. What's that movie? Oh, these are all from the same movie? Yes. Oh. (laughs) Makes a difference. Yeah. (laughs) Karate Kid. The Karate Kid is never went to China in The Karate Kid as well. What movies went to China? Back to you, Addie. Song four. This is worth four points if you can get it. This would give you the lead, a commanding lead. Song is called Approaching the Stones. What does Approaching the Stones, Bug Tunnel and Death Trap, Fast Streets of Shanghai, and Anything Go have in common? Uh, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Is it Bill and Ted's? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> we stink at this one. Oh my God, well, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to guess. <laughs> China in that movie, though, didn't they? <laughs> We're getting closer. <laughs> oh, man. Melissa, back to you. Here's song five worth five points. It's called Children in Chains. Children in Chains. Approaching the Stones. Bug Tunnel and Death Trap. Fast Streets of Shanghai. Anything goes. Is it Temple of Doom? Is it Indiana mm. Jones and the Temple oh. of Doom? Hey, lady, you call him Dr. Jones. Correct. Well wow. done. Oh, good job. Good job. Yeah. When you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yes. Let's reveal all of the song titles for the listeners to see where they would have got it. Bug Tunnel. Uh, song yeah. thing was Anything Duh. Goes. Song, song two was Fast Streets of Shanghai, Bug Tunnel and Death Trap, Approaching the Stones, Children in Chains. And then we had The Mine Car Chase. Song seven was The Broken Bridge. And if you didn't get it by then, song eight was The Temple of Doom. Nice. <laughs> Dang. Here's your fun fact. Are you guys drinking wine coolers right now? No. No, this is no. We've grown up a little bit since then. (laughs) It's so dark in the room you're recording. It looked like wine coolers. I'm like, wow, these guys are really going all out for Gen X right now. (laughs) If if Medela would like to sponsor Feminoid. <laughs> Wine coolers. <laughs> we ha- we got some Zimas, some Seagrams. Everybody got their cups, but they ain't chipped in. <laughs> Little mad dog in the corner. <laughs> Here's your fun fact: When Spielberg and George Lucas were making this movie, they were both recovering from a recent breakup and a divorce. They said that they channeled their heartbreaks into the themes of this movie. So it's no surprise that it features a dude tearing out someone's heart and lighting it on fire. (laughs) That one was a little bit on the nose, guys. But I guess when you have the kind of success that these dudes have had, then anything goes. He channeled his heartbreak right into Kate Capshaw is what he did. (laughs) That is a big lead now. You got a little bit of ground to catch up, Addy. But you can do it right here by scoring two points for this question that's called Every Time He Pulls Me Near, I Just Want to Cheer. It's a movie question. An anthem for youthful freedom and self-expression. Footloose is a staple for Gen X culture. Centered around a small town that has band dancing and rock music, this movie has an absolutely iconic soundtrack. Two songs off the Footloose soundtrack were nominated for Best Original Song at the 1985 Oscars. The first was Footloose by Kenny Loggins. Can you name the second song? Here's your multiple choice. Is it A, 
Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler. B, Dancing in the Sheets by Shalimar. C, Let's Hear It for the Boy by Denise Williams. D, Almost Paradise by Mike Reno and Ann Wilson. Or is it E, the most footloose song ever, the theme to Stephen King's Misery? (laughs) I will go with C. Let's hear it for the boy. Let's hear it for Addie. Correct. Well done. I thought it was almost paradise. Good job. (laughs) The dancing feet in the opening credit sequence contained many of the cast and crew. The dancer with the gold shoes was Kenny Loggins. Both songs nominated from Footloose lost to the song, I Just Called to Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. But how Purple Rain was not even nominated in this category is still baffling to me. Prince got his Oscar that year, but he should have won in this category as well. Just saying. Agreed. For these sins, the Academy (laughs) Award needs to purify themselves in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Uh, That ain't Lake Minnetonka. You know, I saw that for the first time, like last year. I had never seen Purple Rain. Oh, really? Okay. So as a seen that later in life, how does that movie hold up to you? It's got that 80s thing that I love, right? Uh So if it's an 80s movie, I already kind of like it just because it has whatever that vibe that 80s movies had. Uh Now it's. It's bad, but it's like, it's awesomely bad. And Uh then it's Prince. So I would 100% watch it again, but I wouldn't tell anyone else that they should watch it. (laughs) Or that she had watched it. (laughs) Okay. Going into the last pair of questions, Robin, please give us a scoring update. Okay. Addie was able to close some of the gap for sure. She has 14. Melissa, though, still has the lead with 19 points. She still has the power. Five points separate you. Melissa, you get to pick between these two questions. Will it be, listen, the only steps in this house are those, the ones that lead up to your bedroom, which is a television question. Mm. Or will it be, name that auto-tune, which is another head-to-head challenge. I think I got to go with TV on this okay. one. You got to stick with the people that raised you, right? So Exactly, right. exactly. And I got a good feeling that this family raised you quite a bit, if I read in the room right. While often looked back on as a kind of whitewashed, idealistic sitcom, The Brady Bunch definitely deserved credit for pushing boundaries at the time. Primarily, it helped normalize blended families and thereby divorce in general. Here's your question. Do you remember what Mike Brady did for work? Was he a A, teacher, B, advertising executive, C, a butcher, D, architect, or was it E, a navigator on a spice freighter? That's what your uncle told you. We all know Mike was a genius architect who put six kids into two bedrooms with one bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And no toilet. Right. (laughs) Well done. That's two more points for you. Great answer. Architect, option D was the correct answer. Florence Henderson, who played Carol Brady, was constantly asking the network to let Carol have an occupation as well. Carol was never given a career, unlike her husband but was portrayed as often doing volunteer work outside the home. They let her be a freelance writer, a sculptor, a political activist, a singer, but God forbid they let her be an accountant or a lawyer. (laughs) None of the girls ever had after-school jobs as well. For the times, they tried to make Carol a liberated woman, but they still had a long way to go on gender equality. Listen, the only steps in this house are those, the ones that lead up to your bedroom. Hey, Dad! Mom and me are back home again. Good, because that's where you both belong. Sadly, the only woman in that house that they let hold a job was Alice. (laughs) 
Who is like younger than we are. I know. Yeah. Right. Okay. Here's the last question in the round. For this question, the judges will perform part of a popular Gen X song, and you have to give me the title and artist of the song. The catch here is that the judges are terrible performers, and they'll also be using an awful fake British accent to make things sound more confusing and silly than are necessary. There are a total of three songs that you'll take turns answering with the regular points applying for stealing the power as well as stealing points. So that means this question could potentially be worth up to five points to one of you. So anything can still happen. We'll give you a hint to try to help you by letting you know the year that the song was released, as well as the genre of the song that it belongs to, according to the interwebs. (laughs) That last bit may or may not help you. Here we go. (laughs) Addy, you're up first. Song one is a song from 1983, and it is listed as a pop song. Here's the judge's rendition, and then you tell me the artist and title of the song. Listen closely. We're gonna have a celebration all across the world, in every nation. It's time for the good times. Forget about the bad times. Oh, yeah. One day to come together to release the pressure. Addie, what song is that? Celebrate. Oh, who sings it? Uh, Gosh, I can't remember. I mean, you're already wrong. I can let you squirm a little while longer or just hit (laughs) it. Okay, good. I was just watching you, enjoying watching you squirm in your seat, (laughs) trying to force your brain to come out with a name. So that is incorrect. Melissa, you get a chance to steal Arson title. It's Celebration. Cool in the gang. Let's listen to the reveal and see if you're right or not. Yes, I was indeed. The judges suck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Madonna's going to be so mad at us. She listens, too. That's that's the part that's bad. She could have had you open for her next show, Mel. But (laughs) like, she doesn't even know my song, Holiday. Never again. Never again. And she loves a fake British accent. Yeah, she would have two British listeners that she could be. Yes, that was Holiday by Madonna. The fun fact here is Madonna preaches the power of dance to escape from everyday worries, barring the British variant of Holiday for her mainstream American hit and marking her maiden voyage to the Hot 100 Top 20. It turned out that one of her most carefree singles is what quickly made Top 40 Radio care about her, starting a fixation that would last a stunning 33 consecutive Top 40 hits from there. Melissa, this song's for you. Song two is an alternative pop rock song from 1987. Artisan title of this song right here. There'll be days when I'll stray. I may appear to be constantly out of reach. I give in to sin because I like to practice what I preach. It's the Pesh Mode. Strange Love. Let's reveal it and see if she's correct. That's two more points for you. 
That was easier because he is British. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably something to that. <laughs> Here's the fun fact. Shout out to friend of the show, April, who gifted myself and my wife tickets to see Depeche Mode in Las Vegas last December. It was one of the best Depeche Mode concerts I've ever been to. Thank you very much. When they played Strange Love, I could not help but think that it was somehow dedicated to keyboardist Andy Fletcher, who sadly passed away last year. It was a stripped-down acoustic version of the song, and they lit up only a portion of the stage that normally he plays during concerts. So it was, mm -hmm. it was very poignant. It was powerful and moving. It was, it was awesome. R.I.P. Andy Fletcher. You are missed. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Now that we bummed everyone out, let's play our final song. It's from 1988. It belongs to the hip hop genre, according to Google. I hope that helps. Let's give the judges version a listen. Cold Quillin at a bar, and I'm looking for some action. Feel like Mick Jagger said, I can't get no satisfaction. The girls are all around, but none of them wanna get with me. My threads are fresh and I'm looking deaf. Yo, what's up with LOC? It's Tolok. Is it Funky Comedina? Let's reveal it and find out. Oh, cool and at a bar, and I'm looking for some action. But like Mick Jagger, no satisfaction. The girls are all around, but none of them want to get with me. My threads are fresh, and I'm looking deaf. Yo, what's up, what a low C? Well done, Addie. There's two more points for you. Yay! Way to go. <laughs> the story goes that Flavor Flav coined the phrase Cold Medina. And it was adopted by the Beastie Boys as the nickname for the cocktail known as a fuzzy navel. Flav later advised Tone Loke to use the catchphrase in a song. The only one who understands me is Flavor Flav. After the song became popular, several different cocktails were introduced bearing the name Funky Cold Medina, as you might expect. Apparently, you make a Funky Cold Medina from vodka, blue curacao, southern comfort, and cranberry juice. Ooh. In case uh, you want to dump out that yeah, wine coolers. <laughs> Well, if Flavor Flav suggests it, then I probably will. Yeah. He is a fan. Yeah, boy. <laughs> oh, he knows. He looks public enemy, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get a scoring update. What? What's this? The judges just handed me a note saying that we have one more. Name that auto-tune to play? Well, this is highly unusual. Here it is, a rare song four. This is a song from 2023, and the genre is shoegaze. Indie pop layered with mood, melody, and middle age. <laughs> no sex and drugs and no rock and roll. It's the battle for my lost soul. We know why she jumped out the window. Because she listened to a backman's crescendo. Okay, artisan title. Wait, hold up, judges. Did you just sneak in a song called Almost Afraid Again off the Nostalgia album by the band Feminoise, available for only $5 at the website feminoise.bandcamp.com. That's F-E-M-I-N-O-I-S-E at bandcamp.com. Well, that seems super unfair. I mean, we have the person who wrote and performed the song on the show. I know the song is probably the most Gen X relatable song on the album, but it is from 2023. And that falls outside of the Gen X timeline. <laughs> Okay, I'll make you a deal. We'll play a little bit of the song in the reveal to the correct answer, but we can't award any points for it. Deal?
Lisa, as I said, I feel like the lyrics of this song are torn right from a Gen X experience. Can you briefly tell us a little bit about this song since we're talking about it? They are. I was watching a documentary about a band called Luxury from the 90s, and they had referenced the PMRC with Tipper Gore and, you know, John Denver and all that. And I just I it just brought back all this nostalgia. And that's just where the song kind of grew out of it. It's my childhood and kind of everyone, the adults attitudes towards everything, MTV, rock music, and just how scary everything was. Yeah. The after school special, you know, where I think it's Helen Hunt goes flying out the window because she was on, you know, PCP or whatever. Right. (laughs) So it's kind of was just a flood of memories about, you know, how dangerous it was in the eighties for us kids. It's a lucky we made it out alive. Really? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. As a Gen X junkie myself, I uh, that was the first song off when I listened to the album the first time. That's the first one that jumped out at me for those specific lyrics. But this is my second favorite song on the, on the whole album. The melodies that you come up with here in the song, I think are really brilliant. Really, honestly. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I think this one is also a good example of your style. I feel like this whole album sticks to great melodies, great lyrics, and beautiful guitar licks. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure the listeners don't want to hear me fanboying music any longer, but I had to get it out of my system. So let's move on. Let's get a scoring update from Robin. Robin. All right. At the end of round two, we have a seven point gap. Melissa has 23 and Addie has 16. Anything can happen in dysfunctional family feud, though. So congratulations, Melissa. You have the most points at the end of round two. That means you and I will take a secret trip to the prize vault where you're going to select the prize that the two of you will be playing for in the final round. But before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. My little buddy will return after these messages. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place. 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from, and subscribing for future episodes. The only way a show like this gets anywhere in the podcasting world is by positive reviews and word of mouth among friends. So if you're inclined, Please help spread the word about the podcast and share it with that special Gen Xer in your life. We'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thanks so much. So who's going to save our generation? Are you going to save our generation? Who save Generation X? And now we return to My Little Pony. The power struggle. Before we start round three, now is the last chance to solve the power struggle question. Steal the power, score 20 points, and go first in round three. Remember, you need to name what the clip is from and in the correct order. Let's take our final listen to the power struggle, and then you need to give me your answers. Hey, you got chocolate on my peanut butter. You got peanut butter on my chocolate. You idiots! If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. Then a kid took the fish out of his mouth and looked at his brother and said, Goonie Google. Addy, you do not have the power. You can benefit from stealing it right now. We like to try and solve the power struggle. No, I don't have all five of them. <laughs> okay. Well, then we turn it over to you, Melissa. You can solve the power struggle and dunk all over Addy by scoring 20 points. Oh, number one. Is it personal Jesus? Yes, it is. Wow. Number two, is it, I think it's from a movie, but if it is, I don't know it. So I just put, it's a peanut butter, Reese's peanut butter cup commercial. It is not from a movie, but it is the Reese's peanut butter peanut butter cup oh. commercial. More specifically, it is Robbie Benson and Happy Days Ralph Mouth, Donnie Most in a Reese's peanut butter cup commercial. Okay. We should say that the personal Jesus, what band is that? Just for official answers. That is officially Depeche Mode. Okay, just making sure. Uh, number three is Ren and Stimpy. Was that Ren or was that Stimpy speaking? That was Ren. That's correct. Forty-seven million dollars. <laughs> Four is Greece. It's the principal in Greece. Right, and clip five. Now, it's either raw or delirious. I'm gonna go with raw because I've seen that one more. Eddie Murphy. So your official answer is Eddie Murphy in delirious? No, raw. I'm gonna go with raw. Okay. Well, I tried to cheat and give you the right answer, uh, but you didn't take the bait. I'm not smart. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. It is Eddie Murphy and Delirious. You tripped over the goal line at a 50-50 chance, but that does not solve the power struggle. It was Eddie Murphy in Delirious, as you said. So great try, great effort, but incorrect. You're still within striking distance, Addie. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> okay, we're going to put Addie into the phantom zone. 
And Melissa, you and I are going to go to the prize vault. All right, let's go. Round three. Round three is a prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, I'll ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to respond with what they think are the most popular responses in the Gen X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via our newsletter. The player who has the power gets to answer first with player two unable to hear the responses. Player two will then have to give the responses to the same five questions and beat the other's player's score without duplicating any of their answers. Whoever ends up with the most points wins the game and goes on to claim the chance at the prize that the winner of round two has selected in secret. If you'd like to take part in dysfunctional family feud surveys, sign up for our newsletter on our website and it will include a spot for you to reply to upcoming surveys and get your answers on the show. Let's play dysfunctional family feud. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Gen X invented the celebrity workout VHS tape. Besides Jane Fonda, name a celebrity who had a workout video. Suzanne Summers. Name something women did to their hair in the 80s, but they don't really do anymore. Crimp. Name a popular toy doll from your childhood. Cabbage Patch Kids. What is the first rap or hip hop song you remember ever hearing? Walk This Way. And finally, what was the worst brand of jeans your mom could buy you when you were a teenager? Lee. We've recorded your answers. Let's bring Addie back in from the Phantom Zone. Addie, I'm going to ask you the same five survey questions I asked Melissa. You may not duplicate any of her answers. If you do, you'll hear this sound, and I'll ask you for another answer. I believe in you. Okay. I'm pulling for you. Okay. Thank you. But I'm 100% going to cheat for you. Okay? Okay. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Gen X invented the celebrity workout VHS tape. Besides Jane Fonda, name a celebrity who had a workout video. Richard Simmons. Name something women did to their hair in the 80s, but they don't really do anymore. Rat it. Name a popular toy doll from your childhood. Cabbage Patch. Try again. Uh, my buddy. What was the first rap or hip hop song you remember ever hearing? Uh, most popular. Um, Brass Monkey. I said most popular. Uh, push, push it. <laughs> push it. Okay. Push it. It's her official answer. <laughs> Remember when I said I was going to cheat for you? Okay. You cheat, Dr. Jones. You cheat. Yeah. That, that, that counts right there. <laughs> what was the worst brand of jeans your mom could buy you when you were a teenager? Ooh, like anything from Kmart. <laughs> okay. Those are your answers. <laughs> Robin. Like the popular brands. I don't know the worst brands. Anything with no name. <laughs> the ones from the factory outlet. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the scores. Question one was, Gen X invented the celebrity workout VHS tape. Besides Jane Fonda, name a celebrity who had a workout video. Addie, you gave us... Richard Simmons, which is worth 37 points. Ooh. And Richard Simmons was our number one answer. Good job, Addie. Thank you. Uh, Way to go. <laughs> as well as Richard Simmons should be the number one answer. You need to have more <laughs> Richard Simmons on this podcast. That's oh, right. toes, toes. Oh, girls, come on. You could be Miss Supermarket of 1980. Come on, heels. Melissa, you gave us... Suzanne Summers, which is worth 25 points. 
Hey, all right. Going into round three, Addie had 16 points and Melissa had 23. We're going to add that to your total for question one, which brings the score to Addie 53 points and Melissa 48. Woo! How the turntables. <laughs> so and Addie also how the tables turn. Lead. Yeah. <laughs> I was quoting the office. (laughs) So Addie has a five point lead. Hey, Addie, I want you to know that if the game was over right now, you would win. (laughs) But (laughs) it's not. (laughs) No, we get information for these surveys from our listeners via our newsletter and we get some interesting replies. So I'd like to give some honorable mentions to some of these entertaining answers. Honorable mention goes to Susan Stop the Insanity Powder, if you remember her. Tamily Webb and her Buns of Steel. (laughs) Eric Neese from MTV's The Grind had a... uh, Hey, calm down, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) The American Gladiators had a workout as well. Oh. And the final honorable mention goes to Chuck Norris and Estelle Getty that had workout tapes, but sadly, it was not a collaborative effort. Uh. That would have been the number one answer if they had just hooked that up. Right, yeah. right. They didn't have the vision. Yeah. yeah. Question two was, name something women did to their hair in the 80s, but they don't really do anymore. Addie, you said... Rat, which was worth four points. Ugh. And Melissa, you gave us... Crimp, which was worth 25 points. Damn. <laughs> the number one answer was tease slash big hair. <laughs> oh, that's what I meant by rat. That is what that's rat what is. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, that is what it is. Yeah. Big hair is more than just ratting it, ladies. I know. But teasing and ratting <laughs> is the same. It's this. Yeah. I think I think we need a judge's formal decision. <laughs> they are the judges. I think they've decided. You women just don't understand. <laughs> I would let you count it, Addie. I really would. But we've already done math and we're not going to do it again. (laughs) Honorable mentions go to Sunnin, if you remember that product. Oh. A side ponytail. And finally, hairspray wings or the big radar dish bangs. Oh, yeah. Question three was name a popular toy doll from your childhood. Addie, you gave us. My buddy, which was worth six points. (laughs) Melissa, you gave us. Cabbage Patch Kids, which was our number one answer, were 32 points. Dang. That's a big one. Lots to choose from for honorable mentions on this one. But we give the shout outs to the Evil Knievel that came with the stunt cycle. If you remember that one. G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu Grip. A lot of dudes mm. answering the, <laughs> the surveys, apparently. <laughs> and finally, Teddy Ruxpin playing a cassette tape in oh. his back from Slayer. <laughs> Question four is, what is the first rap slash hip hop song you remember ever hearing? Addie, you gave us the popular song of Push It, which was worth 13 points. Rapper's Delight is the Slick Rick song. Sugar Hill Gang. Melissa, you gave us Walk This Way, worth 22. Oh, the number one answer was, like you said, Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. Uh, uh. (laughs) Just a groan comes up from the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) honorable mentions for this one is a song called christine off the nostalgia issue album by feminoise available for only five (laughs) dollars at the website feminoise.bandcamp.com that's f-e-m-i-n-o-i-s-e at bandcamp.com melissa is that a rap song that is one right correct if you enjoy rap, you should listen to it. Yes, absolutely. And also, if you don't enjoy rap, you should listen to it. 
Judges, I think I might have made another embarrassing mistake on this episode. My bad. We'll have to cut that part out of the episode. Let's move on. And it all comes down to our final question. What was the worst brand of jeans your mom could buy you when you were a teenager? Addie, you gave us... Anything from Kmart, which was worth six points. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Going in after the first question, Addie had a five-point lead. So, Melissa, you know, that's what you're trying to make up for. But in actuality, uh, you would have to lose 45 points. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa, you gave us the answer of... Lee. So yeah, if I'll Lee Jeans is worth negative 45 points, Addy, you win. But let's see, <laughs> what did Gen X say? Survey said it was worth 23 points. <laughs> that means, Melissa, congratulations, you won the game. And that you're doing your part to save Generation X. Well done. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Unfortunately, Addie, that means you've lost this episode. I'm sorry things didn't go quite your way on the show, but did you have a good time anyways? I had a great time. Thank you. (laughs) My cheeks hurt. Yeah. (laughs) The number one answer was Wrangler. Wrangler. See, once again, we're from Texas. So Wrangler's not a bad answer here. Yeah, We had had kickers all over the place. (laughs) Honorable mention for this one goes to the listener that replied, your mom bought you stuff as a teenager? What is this, a millennial (laughs) podcast? (laughs) For winning the game, I offer a chance of a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. I will place multiple bids on the listing chosen in secret by Melissa until I'm the high bidder. If that bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for the winner and have it shipped out to you. Good luck. Let's take a look at all the prizes Melissa had to choose from and reveal what was chosen. As is show tradition, we have Garbage Pail Kids Melting Melissa <laughs> featuring a slowly melting candle wax Garbage Pail Kid. I'm sorry, Addie, we could not find a Garbage Pail Kid Addie. I'm sure you've run into that sort of problem in other circumstances. Just a few times. <laughs> but we did find a 1908 baseball pitcher named Addie Joss of the Cleveland Naps. As Gen Xers, I think we can all say that we're fans of Naps even if they're in Cleveland. (laughs) Next, we have a promotion flyer for an upcoming 1994 movie called Reality Bites. The flyer is an auction from the UK and has two coupons printed on the back of it, one for a pound off of a CD or 50p off a cassette. The coupons are still attached, but if they were for 10% off crumpets, there is no way that these coupons would still be intact. (laughs) Can you define irony? It's when the actual meaning is the complete opposite from the literal meaning. Next, we have this lovely embroidery patch of a pirate flag with the words, the Goonies never say die printed on it. It would look amazing sewn onto a gray members only jacket. I'm just saying. To celebrate Dirty Dancing this episode, we offer this t-shirt that bears a picture of a watermelon that reads, what else? I carried a watermelon. That's right. <laughs> Doing a search for Dirty Dancing on eBay produced many other items, none of which were family friendly enough to be on the podcast. <laughs> so, Melissa, please reveal to us what you chose and why. Do you know what I picked? No. I picked the Reality Bites movie flyer. I love that movie. And I might use the coupons to see if I can send them to Columbia House to finally get out of debt with them. (laughs) Uh, Let's place a bid. This is a a listing in the UK, as we said. So everything's in GBP, whatever that is. I feel like I'm betting Monopoly money right now. Bidding Monopoly money. 
Okay, we placed our bid. We are the top bidder at 0.99 GBP with uh, only $4 shipping. That's pretty good from the UK. <laughs> okay, if this bid holds up until the end of the auction, then I'll buy it for you and have it shipped out to you. Good luck, <laughs> Melissa. Thanks. You know, not knowing if you're actually going to get the prize kind of even makes it better. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. It's like they say, not knowing is half the battle. <laughs> hey guys, do you have any shout outs or things you'd like to plug here on the show? Yeah, well, obviously, I would encourage everyone to check out Feminoise, F-E-M-I-N-O-I-S-E. And just to let everyone know, um, as a therapist starting in April, I'll be working for Hebert Counseling, also pronounced Hebert Counseling, H-E-B-E-R-T, Counseling in Richardson. You can find their website online or um, you can find me on their website. My areas of particular interest are empowering women and teens to live life with confidence and the ability to assert their needs. Nice. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Thanks again for being here, Addie. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for having me. And finally, Melissa, I, I don't know if you got anything to plug or we can just move on. <laughs> I, nothing is coming to mind right offhand. Let me think. Now, shout out to the show. You've been super awesome to me. It's it's amazing. And anybody out there that's listening, keep listening to the show. Go on Facebook and join the group because it is also super fun. The Who Will Save Generation X group. It's just nostalgia and fun. And it's my favorite place on Facebook because the outside world doesn't exist anymore. And it's just smiles. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, please check out my Feminoise's new record that comes out on February 16th. It's called Karma Conspiracy. It's kind of a shoegazy alternative with a 90s vibe kind of thing. So you can get it on Bandcamp. You can stream it. It's on all the streamers. It's on the YouTubes. Find it on all of the interwebs, wherever you <laughs> download and dial up to the AOL and all. It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you can find the links and details about my guests in the show notes for this episode. Stick around at the end. We're going to play a song written and performed by Melissa, a.k.a. Feminoids, that we think you'll enjoy as much as we did. I have one shout out to give. I'd like to give a shout out to Patreon supporter Preston from Los Banos, California. Thank you, Preston, for being a supporter of the show for several months now. We appreciate your support in helping us make our dreams come a little bit closer to reality of making this podcast a full-time thing and bring you more episodes frequently. Here's a sound clip from the movie The Last Starfighter in your honor that we hope you especially like. Hold it! There's no fleet, no starfighters, no plan. One ship, you, me, and that's it? Exactly. Zero thinks you're still on Earth. Classic military strategy. Surprise attack. It'll be a slaughter. That's the spirit. No, my slaughter. One ship against the whole armada? Yes, one gun star against the armada. I've always wanted to fight a desperate battle against incredible odds. I feel that. I feel like stepping out my <laughs> door is a desperate battle against incredible odds. <laughs> Thank you, Preston. And also, thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices for your podcast and enjoyment, and it is simply amazing that you chose to spend a little time on our show. Thank you. If you like what we're doing here and you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash who will save Gen X. At our Patreon site, you'll see special offers for becoming a contributor to the show. So take advantage of those if you are interested. If you'd like, you can head over to whowillsavegenx.com and learn all about the ways you can do your part to save Gen X from being forgotten. But 
If you're feeling like a slacker at the moment, you can just email me and I promise to write you back with all the details you want. First, go to Bandcamp and listen to Feminoise music and then do all these other things. You can reach me or any of the judges at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. In either case, thanks so much for listening. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to share it with that special Gen Xer in your life and subscribe to the show for future episodes where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. Show and tell time. Another teddy bear. My teddy's name is Teddy Vestry. He talks, he tells stories, he... Poor Batler's not included. Teddy Ruxpin, the storytelling bear, comes with illustrated book and cassette from Worlds of Wonder. Hey everybody, thanks for sticking around. We are now proud to present to you Melissa's song... From her band Feminoise, my personal favorite song off of the Nostalgia Issue album, ladies and gentlemen, this is Wonderland.